Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you like what you're hearing right now? Then be sure to check out VOC Nation. Whether it's on VOCNation.com or your favorite podcast provider, VOC Nation offers the greatest in live and on-demand content, great interviews, and incredible insight from those who have lived the business. Seven days a week, VOCNation.com. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter at VOCNation. Well, good evening and welcome to WCW Retro. This is once again Howard Morgan filling in for Stro Maestro. Um, tonight, we're going to be talking about a rather fun topic, I believe, and that is the greatest angles in pro wrestling. Um, don't really want to get into feuds and, and things like that, but angles, things that kind of um, change the business or, or change somebody's career or, you know, there's things that we still talk about to this day that happened you know, many, many moons ago. Uh, but before we kind of get into that, we have some rather sad news that I'm sure most of you have heard. We lost a, a true legend in the sport. And he has so many catchphrases and and things. Um, and he just truly kind of transcended the business, was way, way ahead of his time. And that's the legendary superstar, Billy Graham. And I just I, I just think about all of the the stars that are currently co- competing or competing after him um, that maybe copied him, mimicked him, you know, wh- whatever you want to call it. But there's a lot of wrestlers that base their look and their style on superstar Billy Graham, and I think sometimes he he's a little underrated when it comes to. Um, you know, a a true superstar in his business. I mean, he he, he kind of gave the the style to guys you know that we all know: Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, uh, Ric Flair, Austin Idol, Steve Austin, Scott Steiner, uh, and even Triple H to a degree. And I'm sure there's there's so many more that we're forgetting. Um, and you know, if you haven't seen Billy, superstar Billy Graham, Russell, you really need to go to YouTube and and watch some of his matches. Watch them from the, you know, the mid-70s into the 80s into the 90s. This is a guy that started his wrestling career in the, in the early 70s, 71, 72, and was really active up until, you know, the early 2000s with the WWE, and he's been really all over the world really wrestled every champion of the time, um, 
was a big draw for Vince McMahon uh, when it was a WWF, um, held the WWF title, um, and was just a just a, a charismatic figure. Um, again, ahead of his time with the tie dye, the sunglasses, and just his ability to cut a promo and his style and the things that he did. Um, you know, it just it, he's going to be sorely missed and. You know, I just can't say enough, you know, about superstar Billy Graham. And I know he, he had a real hard, long battle with an illness for many, many, many months. Um, lost a tremendous amount of weight and was basically the last couple of days of his life was on life support. And I'm sure that's a, just a horrible decision to try to make for a loved one. Um but yet, you know, he passed. Um, I believe it was Wednesday, just yesterday. Um, we'll say, for sake argument, 24 hours ago, and it really is just leaves a a void in the world of professional wrestling. Um, he's just a, a great performer. I never met him personally, um, but I do know guys that have. They talk fondly of him. I know a good friend of mine was at a convention. Um, up in North Jersey um, a couple of years ago, three, four years ago maybe, they got to to meet Billy Graham in person, and they had about a, a you know a, an hour long conversation with him, they, and they were trading you know road stories and and their, you know their time in, in the business, and you know he's forever grateful for the time that Billy Graham gave to him and gave, you know, imparted a little bit of knowledge onto him. And he, he told him, and he, he posted on his Facebook page that, you know, he thanked Billy Graham for taking the hour to talk to him, and it seemed like five minutes. And, you know, I, I kind of believe that when you talk to, to superstar Billy Graham, you know, he was just an un, incredible character, you know, lived his character, you know, was just a, a, a great performer um, in the world of professional wrestling. And I don't believe there's not a wrestler out there, whether you're, you know, you've made it to, you know, you know, and no, no disrespect, you know, you've made it to the big leagues or you're still wrestling independently that can't say that they haven't been impacted even a little bit by what Billy Graham was, was able to do for the business again in the seventies and eighties, um, well ahead of, you know, Hulk Hogan, he was the Hulk Hogan before Hulk Hogan became who he was. Um, and, if, and if you compare the, those two men's styles, you know, it, they almost mirror each other. Jesse Ventura was the same way. Um, I heard Ric Flair talk about, you know, his promos, and, and he watched and listened to Billy Graham a lot and got some of his, you know, ability to cut a great promo from um, Billy Graham. But, you know, he will definitely, you know, surely be missed. Um I miss him. I miss him terribly. Again, I didn't know him personally, but, you know, just knowing that he's not, you know, going to be there to cut just one more promo um, kind of leaves us, you know, feeling feeling a little empty um, inside. And, you know, our prayers and our thoughts go out to, you know, the Billy Graham family, his, his kids and his wife, you know, as they, you know, deal with, you know, the funeral arrangements and everything else that has to go on. Um but yeah, we you know we definitely lost you know a a true legend 
in this sport. And, you know, again, I can't say enough. Um, Ratboy, is that you? Yes, it is. What's going on, buddy? Not as much, you know. There's a lot more things about Superstar Billy Graham. All right. Well, let's hear it, man. Let, let, let's spend a little bit of time because I, I was trying to gather as much stuff as I could, and I just don't feel like I, you know, I had enough. But let's have, let's spend a little bit of time. I believe that he's earned it. He deserves it. So yes, you know, let's did. spend yes, a little bit did. of time, you know, praising Billy Graham, you know, and and you know, maybe the listeners out there that don't know who he is, maybe give them a little insight into who he was. So All what right, what so you got he, for us tonight? All right. In his early years, he was a bodybuilder, but Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. Was right, right with with Arnold Schwarzenegger, the governor. Yes. Yes. Yes, he was. Wow, I didn't, I didn't know that he was a bodybuilder until I got to his biography, start reading it. I tell you what, this biography is something else. You know, he yeah, I mean, he was. You know, you know, we we use the term a lot. You know, when we talk about wrestlers, and you know, saying that he was, you know, they were bigger than life. But I truly believe that this applies to. If it doesn't apply to anybody else. It has to apply to superstar Billy Graham. I think that he was larger than life. He kind of transcended the business. He was pushing the business, you know, in, into more mainstream than, than what it was. And just an unbelievable, you know, performer. And, you know, whether whether he was a heel or, or, or a baby face, I, you know, I liked him, as, you know, from when I started watching him, I liked him what I would know of his entire career from the mid-'80s up until, you know, up until his passing, I, you know, I liked everything that he did. Yeah, me, me too, you know. He was, uh, he had a manager with the Grand Wizard for a little bit. The Grand Wizard, yeah, wow. You know. And yeah, I, I, I forgot about that. That's when I started watching, that's when I started watching when he was with the Grand Wizard. All right, that, that yeah. was back in, in the mid-80s. No, so it had, had to be like 83, 84, somewhere around there? Yes. Yep. Yeah. I, I, said, well, I, you I, know, I, I just, said, this guy is something, you know. I, I like to see him do, do a lot, you know, plus he had a match with uh, the legendary Butch Reeds, you know, back and forth, all those matches, you know. I, I saw half of this yeah. stuff already because, because I've been watching it all all week long about this guy. You know, Billy yeah, Graham was it, it, the man. He was the man. He was the power. He was doing everything. And there was a story about, he was talking talking to somebody about the story about when Hulk Hogan came up to him. You heard about that one? No. Before he was Hulk Hogan. Before he was Hulk Hogan. Right? Hulk Hogan told him that that, uh, I got two questions for you. He said, sit down, boy. Let me talk to you, right? Got there to talk to him. He said, how come I'm not getting picked to the WWE or WWF? You know, all these leagues, they, they don't want me, right? And what happened was that one time he walked in, he got picked, okay? Hulk Hogan got picked before he was the legendary Hulk Hogan. He said he and what happened was that Billy Grant said it's the time for him to show. 
that time when he was at the show, he dressed up like Billy Graham just to do a show. Billy Graham was telling all the all the stories, you know, you gotta go to the stories and see what Billy Graham's talking about, you know. There was a lot of people he was just fired through a lot of wrestlers. I know that, you know. Yeah, no, and yeah, and you and you you look at you know, I mean he he breathed he beat Bruno San Martino for the WWF title back, you know, yeah. back in 77, 78, somewhere around there. And, you know, he, he had guys that, I mean, that are all legends, you know, Jack Briscoe, Pedro Morales, Don Morocco, Dusty Rhodes. Um, and I even believe he took, um, there was a one-time NWA, WWF championship unification match that ended in a one-hour Time limit draw, you know, him and Hardy Race wrestled for one hour. And I I can't, you know, how, you know, how can you say, you know, that this guy wasn't, you know, truly, I mean, he earned his nickname. He truly was a superstar long before we started calling these guys superstars. Yes, and I tell you what, okay, you could call him a superstar because he, because there was one match that, that, was happening, I think one of his last matches that he had in the WWE, and the man didn't like it. He fired all the wrestlers that came out to, to uh, help Billy Grant out. That one of the last matches that they had, it was a brutal match. You know, Don Morocco was there. Don Morocco got fired from that. Superstar oh, wow. Grant tried to help him. What is it that Superstar Billy Grant was trying to help him come back? Rehire him back. McMahon said no. After, after the damage, what they done, it was him, Valentine, and somebody else that came out, and they all got fired, but they let Valentine come back because Valentine didn't do anything that much. It was all done oh, wow. the That's when they were putting uh, Superstar on, on a stretcher and, and take him out because he, he did get injured that, that night, his last match. Uh Oh, yeah, I'm reading here. Yeah, Don Morocco came to Graham's aid. Yeah. Yeah, Graham, last wrestling match, also against, you know, Butch Reed. Yep. Actually, it took place on November 7, 1987. Yeah. Wow. And I saw the video today about that. I said, wow, this is something interesting. You know? Yeah. I mean, he, he, and he, I just, he, you know. He did quite a lot of these wrestlers. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, he he definitely was a, a a mentor. If you whether whether he knew it or not, you know whether he you know he directly mentored these guys or not, he was a mentor to probably so many. I listed a couple in the beginning, but I mean I'm sure I'm I'm missing you know, you know, and if I had to guess, I'm literally missing hundreds. <coughs> excuse me, of wrestlers that took something. From Billy Graham, whether it was a look, or you know, an attitude, or a walk, or something, and kind of you know, and made it their own, but stole a little bit of Billy Graham and kind of mixed it in with their own, and and you know, and you know, became whoever they were. And, and it, you know, I, I you know, again, you can't say enough good things about superstar Billy Graham and what he's done, you know, for the business for as long as he was in the business. You know, up really up until mm -hmm. you know he got sick. He you know he, you know 
um, he actually signed a I, – I, I thought I read somewhere in, in 2021 he signed a new five-year contract. So that was going to take him clear through to 2026 had he not passed. And, I mean, he started wrestling – here it is, in 1969. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, he's, he's going – Yeah, so you – Yep. You know, it's it's unbelievable that, you know, he's still, you know, he was still active, maybe not as active as he was, but, you know, he, he was active for, you know, give or take, you know, a year to 50 years, you know, in the business. And, you know, he got, a, you know, how many wrestlers did he come across in those 50 years that, you know, either idolized him or <clears throat> looked up to him, like you said, Stole a little bit of his gimmick from him, stole a little bit of his talk, his attitude, whatever it was. You know, I, I mean, we could spend the whole night, you know, list, listing wrestlers that, you know, maybe they're not made of vendors. Maybe they're, they're mid-card or, or guys lower, you know, on the card that just looked up to these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, he, and, you know, he, I believe he was, um, he, he trained in, in in Stu Hart's dungeon. I don't know if it was the dungeon at the time, but, you know, Stu Hart was the one that kind of started training him in the business. So, you know, how, you know, how many of those guys that, that you know, Billy Graham come across up in, you know, Stampede Wrestling that we don't hear about anymore that, you right. know, kind of looked right. up to him or, you know, there's just so many, there's many so people. Many and, you know, and they, there's so many matches that he was in, like a Bulbo, uh chain match, everything, you know? Tell you, that's when, this when they were showing a lot of blood on TV. Come on, you know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, you know, I, I remember seeing, I, I didn't see it. I mean, it was a little bit before I, I got into, into wrestling. It was the late 70s where he had a, and I saw it on YouTube not too long ago, maybe, four or five months ago where he had a Texas bull rope match with Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. And, you, don't, you, don't you know, that, no, no you, you know, you don't, you know, and I think that style, you know, as what I'll call our generation of wrestlers starts to pass, you know, that, that ability to tell stories and, and to build a match and, and not only build a match, but work a crowd and, either get the crowd, you know, cheering behind you or or trying to run you out of the building and on any given night Billy Graham could do both. You know, he could you could he could make you love him or he could make you despise him. And that just shows you how you know how great he was, you know, at at, at what he did and, and how seriously, you know, he took it. Mm. You know, and I remember him coming into the NWA, you know, in the in the early eighties, you know, and he he kind of had that karate kind of kind of look to him, um, but still, I mean, as long as I can remember, the the guy was always in fantastic shape, and you yes, know, he was. Yes, he was. I, you know, I just I yeah, I'm going to miss him. You know, you know, it, you know, it really is. It hits kind of hard. You know, and again, as, as these guys that that pass are people that we've actually seen. You know, you know, I, I remember seeing um, Superstar Billy Graham at the at the Philly Spectrum. You know, and, and it was it was he was in with you know with a um, with a mid card guy. I can't even remember who he was, but 
you know, I remember seeing him and like, wow, this, you know, first of all, you realize how big the guy is. And, mm-hmm. you know, just his ability to work that crowd. And I think, he was a, I think he was a heel at the time. And just his ability to get that crowd fired up and, you know, back in and build them. And, you know, it's like he didn't care. And, you know, he was just out here to hurt people and, you know, just wanted to, you know, get back at Backlund for taking his, you know, his championship away from him, you know, a few years prior. And I, I just heard on a on a podcast earlier, um, it might have been Jim Cornette, when Billy Graham won the title, they had that his that year and a half or however long, you know, he they were he, they would have a hold of. They had it all laid out. Like that's how long term they were behind him. They were they were confident that he could sell tickets for you know a year and a half. And this isn't the same you know year and a half that we see now with you know, Roman Reigns, and I'm not trying to, to diminish anything that Roman's doing, but, you know, they really truly held that 30-day clause. You had to defend your title every 30 days or they took it from you. And, yeah. you know, these guys were wrestling, you know, three, four, five times, you know, a month defending their title, sometimes more, you know, and, and not, you know, you're not in front of, you know, the small crowds, they were selling out Madison Square Garden and the Boston Garden and the Philadelphia Spectrum and up and down the East Coast, you know, they were traveling and selling out houses everywhere. And, okay. you know, and Bill, God. I want to say one thing, okay? The main, the main WWE primary arena was the Madison Square Garden. Super Grand yeah. sold out of 19 out of 20 shows there. You know that he was good, way good. Yeah, he was Mister Event. Yeah, he, you know, he he drew money. He was able to to draw them. And and this is this is in a, in a time pre-internet. You know, all you had was you know two or three hours on television a week to get these people into Madison Square Garden. You know, so they, you know, he. But he did it. He, you know, they heard he was coming to Madison Square Garden and people wanted to see it. They didn't care who he was wrestling. They just wanted to see him, again, whether he was good or bad, they wanted to see him win or lose, whatever it was. And right. as soon as his name was on the marquee, him, you know, I think between him and Bruno San Martino, there was probably a time that the Garden may not have been sold out. You know, they just want, yep. they wanted to see him. They, they were coming to see him. And really only him. They could care less who, was, who else was on the card. They came to see, you know, at, at – in Bruno's time, they came to see Bruno during Superstars Run. It was they wanted to see him. They wanted to see who, you know, is you know if it was Pedro Morales, is Pedro going to get him this time, or is Graham going to do something slimy and and pull out a cheap win or or whatever it is. You know, it he just you know again he transcended the business. He you know he was you know kind of larger you know larger than life, and you know the the, the wrestling world is. You know, at, you know, at a at a loss, um, you know, right now, you know, and and there's yeah, a hole. There's a hole that's. Yep, but but there's a biggest feud guy he ever had was against Harlem Race and Butch Reed. There are two main stars right there. Yeah. Right. You know, that, I I said, wow. Soon as I read all this stuff, you know. 
Yeah, and it's plus, amazing plus, what I'm you gonna... find out afterwards. Right, and plus, plus you said about the the, uh, the looking style for Billy Graham, the number one person I could pinpoint. Okay, I was right. Okay, Rick Flair. Yeah. Okay. No, there's no doubt. You know, Rick Flair said it himself that you know Billy Graham was a big part of taking Rick Flair. You know, Rick. You know, Ric Flair wanted to be mm -hmm. a cowboy. He wanted to be, you know, a, you know, an old west kind of guy. And you know, he's he transcended into the nature boy. And and a big part of that is, you know, you emulating or, you know, you could call it stealing or whatever you want. You know, some of what superstar Billy Graham had. Mm hmm. And I tell you what, earlier today I was at with my mom. Okay, I said. Mom, I can't go to Bingo tonight. Why? I said, because I got to do a show with this guy named Howard, you know, from the VOC Nation, you know. And I was talking about Superstar Barry Grant passed away, a wrestler. He was, got, he, uh, he was born in 1943, 10 years my mom, okay? I mm -hmm. said, Mom, he had a good run. My mom said, wait a minute. Look at me. I'm, I'm still running. Because she was born the same year. She yeah, my my dad was born in my dad was born in forty four a year after. Yeah. See? So yeah, he he just you know he, you can't we you know we can't say enough about you know what what Billy Graham did and just all of the the guys that you know the performers that he's gone up against. It literally is a you know a who's who of professional wrestling. You know, he. I remember. You know, when he came to, um, the, I believe it was in the NWA. Um, he was Paul, part of Paul Jones' army against Jimmy Valiant. Yeah. yeah. And I remember him yeah. beating Jimmy Valiant down so bad. I like Jimmy Valiant. Um, oh, me too. You know, the Woody I, man. I just Jimmy Valiant. Yeah, and he, the way he would just twitch around the ring when he was getting beat. I, you know, I, you know, I look at it now. I'm like, wow. Look, you know, look at him go. And I remember, I remember superstar Billy Graham beating him down, so and just leaving him laying in the ring. And I'm like, wow, that, you know, that was that was the Graham. And, and at that time, I hated superstar Billy Graham. I'm like, why you got to do that? That's Jimmy Valiant, you know. And but he's one of the one of them rare guys that really made you believe who he was and what he was about. And when he was a bad guy, he just wanted to hurt people, and and I believed it. Oh, excuse me. I believe he wanted I to hurt people. Put it this way, okay? I just, <coughs> I just got reading this, okay? His personal life, okay? His son, Joey, okay? His godfather was no other than Dusty Rose. Really? Yeah. Wow. You know, wow. The, the, Rose family, the Rose family might be hurting, too. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm I'm sure uh, you know um uh, you know I'm I'm definitely sure that you know they are hurting and, and you know <clears throat> they are at a loss. I'm you know I I'm, I'm at a loss and I I didn't know him on that level, but you know I I remember watching him on TV. He was part of, he was part of my Saturday morning, you know my Saturday night television watching. You know, he, he he was a part of that. He he was a big part of that. 
Yeah. And you know, he just, he... He's a big part of it, okay? And and I'm going to say it now, okay? He is going to be buried at Green Acres Cemetery in Scottsdale, Arizona, next to Eddie Guerrero. Believe that? Eddie Guerrero. Really? Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know Guerrero was buried in, in Arizona. I knew Graham was, you know, lived in, you know, and resided in Arizona. I didn't know Eddie Guerrero was buried there as well. Me too. I didn't know that either. Wow. Until I read this uh, whole profile today, I said, "Wow, I didn't know that." You know, there's news that we bring you that you don't see all the time. Yeah. Right or wrong. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, Miss, I listen. I learn something new every day. You and know, I learn and, something new. What's going on in the world? Yeah, and you know, I again, you know, I love, I love superstar Billy Graham. I, you know, I, you know, I'm going to miss him. You know, and, you know, and I just wish, you know, maybe he could have caught one more promo or something. Just, you know, you know, one more time and give, you know, give me something. Give me one more, you know glimpse of the superstar, and, you know, I get it with his age, you know, he, he probably wasn't able to do it, but, you know, it, it, you know, and, and again, it, it was in a time when these guys really did, and I'm not saying they don't now, but these guys back then, these old school guys really did abuse their body, and I'm sure, you know, he, yes, they did. there wasn't yes, a day that he didn't get, there wasn't a day that he didn't get up and something, you know, wasn't hurt, I'm sure something hurt on him every single day. You know, we see with Hulk Hogan now, you know, he, you know, they're saying, you know, he's having, you know, a little bit of, you know, trouble walking and, you know, yes, getting around because. Put it, this way, put it this way, I didn't meet the guy when I was down in Florida, when I went down to Florida in April. He was limping big time, okay? He was hurting, okay? I, I seen the pain in his, in his face when he was walking out. We got, I actually got yeah. to talk to him, and I got actually talked to him in the back of his bar that he has there, and he was hurting. I said, I want wow. to Hogan, I will talk to you next time when you're feeling a lot better, because I know you were here all night, you know, sitting down, you know, I know you're hurting, just go home, and I will talk to you later. And he said, okay, brother, i see you later. <laughs> wow. Well, let, let's let's take a caller real quick here. Okay. Six one five. You're on WCW Retro. Hi. Hey. It's me. Yeah, it's me. It's What's going on? on? I'm Yeah. I'm just. What? Sitting back in Just hanging out. And, yeah. Well, the, the, I'm, I'm sure you've heard about superstar Billy Graham passing away, right? Yeah, I just heard about it. <laughs> Sorry to hear yeah, about I, it, because he was the famous yeah. one. Yeah, I mean, and we, we all are. We're all left a little. I mean, you know, in, in the, the I guess the weeks leading up to it, we kind of figured it was going to happen, but part of me was yeah. like, no, nah, man, he's got one more kick out left. He can do this. He can... Mm-hmm. He could beat this, and you know, it inevitably, you know, he he did pass, and you know, we are mm-hmm. left with you know, with a little, a little void, a little, 
a little emptiness, you know, Every, there. Everybody's going to be feeling a loss of him being gone. Yeah, that's what I said yeah, earlier. He, I don't think there's a, a, a rustler. Dude, he's 52 years, give or take, he's been in the business. Yeah. So that's more than most of, probably most of our younger listeners have been alive. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and, and I'm sure, you know, with everybody as as well-traveled as he was, not only here, but, you know, overseas in Japan and in Germany and Australia and all the other countries that he's been to, South America and all that, you know, he, yeah. there's not a wrestler that, that doesn't feel this in some kind of, like I said earlier, whether you made it to the big leagues or, you're still, you know, in the independence, you know, trying to get there or whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing to to hone your craft, or is it a wrestler out there that isn't feeling this a little bit in some kind of way? Yep. That's how you I know, felt when I heard that no that's how I felt when I heard that Nelson Fraser Junior had passed. Right, yeah. Back. Yeah, you know, there, there's, there's, there's some that, you know, this is, it's, oh, wow. <laughs> well, you know, and there, there's some wrestlers that pass, and you don't you don't want to diminish, you know, any of them that pass, but there's some of them, you know, that, that just hurt a little bit more. You know, when, mm-hmm. when Dusty passed, I, you know, I, I felt it, you know, it, it stung a little bit, you know. <clears throat> and, oh, me too. Yeah. Me too. You know, he, this, he, he he liked me. Put it that way. Zero, <laughs> my boy. You know, and and <laughs> and he's right up there with you know with that generation with 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 superstar and and all of these guys. You know, that really paved the way for the guys that we're seeing now. The the Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, you know, AJ Styles. You know, and and all you know, all these younger guys, and <clears throat> I hope that they're they're able to take that and and at least watch a little bit of what he's what he's done and learn from him and continue to to and I keep using the word steal and I don't want to make it sound like it's it's a negative thing, but continue to steal a little bit of superstar Billy Graham so he's kind of still with us, you know, in in some of the the performers that we see and we can say yeah. I, I remember, you know, I, I saw Superstar Billy Graham do that first, or yeah, Superstar Billy Graham walked that way, or you know, he he posed that way, or he, I can hear, you know, in so and so's promo, did he's got a little bit of superstar in him, you know, just to give him, you know, to continue his legacy. And I'm sure his legacy will will continue well beyond, you know, um, his passing, and and you know, probably well beyond, you know. You know, some of us passing because I think he just left that that much of an impact, you know, in this sport in, in what he did. You know, he he literally gave his life for for this business, and he, you know he's you know and and he's you know listen he he's had his ups and downs. Nobody's perfect, you know. I'm not perfect. Nobody out there is perfect. You know, but, right. you know he. Right. I believe that I do believe that when when he came through that curtain out in the arena, you got. The, the the very best of superstar Billy Graham. I think he gave you everything that he had and left nothing in the back when he came out. He's, he's but, you know, that's, considered a legend. 
Absolutely, yeah, and we use that you know word a lot. We use the words like legend and and icon and and superstar, and he's all of that. You know, as the old saying goes, he's all that and a bag of chips. You know, he he his. You know, we I don't want to I don't I don't want to I don't want to steal Lex Luger's thunder, but he really was the total package. He was everything that embodied professional wrestling. His mannerisms, his ring ability, his his ability to talk, his interactions with the crowd. Again, whether you were cheering for him or 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 throwing stuff at him, you know, because you hated him, you know, he had that ability to to draw that out of you. And some of these guys just just don't have it yet. I'm not saying that they they can't get it. Some of them just don't have it yet. And you know, I think they should take a look at some of these older tapes and with the internet the way it is. I mean, you can dig up really probably thousands and thousands of matches that Billy Graham has, whether you know it's against a, an upstart or a mid-card guy or if it's a championship match, and just watch him and watch what he does. Watch the way he moves, the way he talks. And he's one of the first few guys that I remember talking to the crowd while, you know, while he was in the ring. You know, a lot of the other guys just weren't doing that at the time. In the, and, and I will say they not everybody wasn't doing it, but most people weren't. They were, they were there. They were wrestling. They were you know, telling the story, but Billy Graham got you involved in what he was doing by talking to you and telling you kind of what he was going to do and, you know, how much he was going to hurt this guy and, you know, he's going to put him out of wrestling and, and you know, and, and all that stuff. And, you know, I just, you know, again, I just hope that, he, you know, his legacy continues to live on in some of this, these younger talent that is coming up. And I hope to get we get to see a little bit of a superstar in, in some of and these that, and, 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 and future superstars. Yeah, yeah. There's something there. Okay? I'm, sure, yeah. I'm reading something now. Okay, the second, second time when he returned to the WWF, okay? Brian returned, now renamed the WWF in August 1982. He came now with a whole new look. That's when the new look came involved in with the restaurant, okay? Different styles, you know, with his bald head, his mustache, right. his sporting black karate pants. And then he told McMahon, I want to retire my superstar character name. That's right. what he said. And, and, and yeah, no, no matter what style or character he had, you know, he was it. He embodied that. Like you said, I remember him coming out, with, you know, in the NWA with them same karate and black karate pants on. And yeah. I'm like, wow, this this thing, you know, and my, my first impression was, that's not superstar Billy Graham. And then he gets in the ring and you're like, oh, yeah, that's superstar Billy Graham. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, you know, he, he, he would truly be missed. He will truly, you know, he truly did leave his mark you know, on this business and, and an indelible mark and that I don't think will will ever fade. I think we'll be, you know, talking about him, you know, for years and years to come, you know, as, as conversations shift and we talk about legends or we talk about different matches and, and things I'm sure, you know, of the of the top twenty pro wrestlers ever, I mean he's gotta be on that list somewhere. You know, yes, he, he may not be at the top, but but he's He's got to be 
in the top 20 somewhere. And again, that's just my opinion, you know, but I believe when you look at his whole body of work and everything that he's done, yeah, I believe he is a, a definite top 20 kind of guy. And again, mm-hmm. to, for them to, to take the title from Bruno, who was still, you know, selling out and doing his thing and, and putting it on superstar Billy Graham, not just for a short time, for, you know, a year and, and some change, they had faith in him. They, they had, yeah, that, that this guy could, could sell tickets, could, could sell, like we said, Madison Square Garden, Boston Garden, you know, down in Baltimore, over in Philly, you know, wherever they went, out to, out to Pittsburgh, you know, wherever they traveled, you know, up and down the East Coast, you know, that was back then, you know, it was still territory, so they were still a little limited in where they traveled to. But they sold out, you know, everywhere that he went. And, again, pre, you know, Internet, pre us having as much, you know, availability of wrestling. And they had a very short time to tell their story, you know, because wrestling wasn't on as much as it is now to get you to come to Baltimore. They had to tell you, you know, two or three weeks in advance, hey, superstar Billy Graham's coming. And, you know, and he's – and Pedro Morales, let's say, is challenging for the, the WWF title. And, you know, three weeks later, that place was sold out because superstar Billy Graham was coming. I just think, I you know, he, he what, just, left, again, no, no, left. Not, well, I remember those years, you know, they, they always advertise it right there on TV, where they're going at, who's going to be there. But now... They're not. They're not doing it. They're only doing it for the pay-per-view events now. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember watching. You know, again, the, I would watch. You know, WCW Saturday, WTBS the six oh five, and even you know, even on the on the Saturday morning shows, they would say, "Hey, we're coming to the Philadelphia Civic Center." You know, yeah. you know, April fourteenth, and then we'll be at the Baltimore Arena on August seventeenth, and you'll see, you know, Dusty Rose, Magnus Hay, Ric Flair, Billy Graham, blah 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 blah. And that's how you knew they were coming. You know, and again, it was yep. just a couple of weeks away. And I remember on Saturday nights, they would say, hey, you know, tonight, you know, live at the Omni, you know, is going to be so-and-so. You're like, wow, they're they're going to be there tonight, you know, in the Omni in Atlanta. I'm like, it was, you know, and again, they, they don't do the house shows anymore. They don't they don't promote that. They, again, like, like, like Rappo said, they do just the, the, the pay-per-views. They do just the... You know, the big shows that, you know, the 12 or 14 or so shows a year that they do. And I think they do a disservice to to the house shows. I think they could still promote, hey, we're coming to Philadelphia, you know, in the month of April. And and as much time as as Raw spends, you know, we we watch something happen live on TV and we're watching it. And then they come back from a commercial break and then they replay five or six minutes of what I just watched. They could fill that time with, Hey, you know, we're headed to the Los Angeles, you know, Los Angeles, California. We'll be right. San Francisco, yeah. I, you know, or, or you know, we'll, we'll be up in Boston, and then we're headed to New York, and we're coming to Philly, and we're, we're going to wrap up a, a, a four city swing in, in Baltimore. In that four or five minutes, they could do the same thing, and, and I think it would it would help boost their their house shows. It would get us hyped up to go and say, hey. Maybe I'm going to see a title change that's not on TV, because they used to do that once once upon a time. They used to do title changes at house shows. Not a lot and not often, but when you got to see it, you knew you saw something special. And mm-hmm. they, they just, they're, they're, they're just not. They're just not. They're just not. 
Right. Again, you know, 12 or 14, however many pay-per-views they have for that year, that, that's that's as much as you get. That's all, you know, the, the, the time that you get, you know, and I, I think it does a disservice. I really do. But, you know, mm-hmm. we are going to miss – we are going to miss superstar Billy Graham. Again, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to his family, his, his kids, you know, his wife, who, you know, when reading the articles, just, just adored, you know, Billy Graham was, you know, and I don't know how long they were married. I, you know, I, I didn't look. But she was infatuated with Billy Graham, and she was holding out hope that, you know, her husband, who she believed was superstar Billy Graham, was going to come back from this. And we all did. I think, you know, a, a small part of us was hoping that he could come back from this, you know, and, and, and ultimately, you know, he, he didn't. And, you know, we are, you know, we are, you know, I don't want to say a little worse for it, but yeah, we are, we're missing him. And, you know, again, I hope that his legacy, you know, lives on and, and, you know, transcends, you know, well beyond, our years and his legacy continues to live on in, in future superstars. And, and, you know, I hope they use, you know, him and, and not just him, but guys like Dusty Rhodes and, and, you know, even Eddie Guerrero and, you know, guys in the past use those guys as, Hey, listen, this is what wrestling is. This is what, you know, we, you know, we need you to be. And I remember I listened to Jim Cornette, I don't know, probably about a year ago when he was doing OVW wrestling he had an entire class where he would just make guys listen to promos and say, this is how a promo is done. This is how Dusty Rhodes does it. This is how Ric Flair does it. This is how Arn Anderson does it. You know, this is how Hulk Hogan does it. This is how, you know, you know, so-and-so does it. And they would learn from that. They would, they would continue to, to, you know, bring the, the older guys out and teach them how to, how to deliver promos, how to, how to wrestle and just, how to bring a little bit of yep. themselves into the character. And I believe that's where, you know, Billy Graham was. He had a little bit of himself, you know, in that character. And he made you believe, you know, what he was saying. And you believed what he was going to do, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. You know, whatever side of the fence he was on that day, you believed him. And, and I believe that is a kind of a dying art, you know, as we move forward, you know, with these other guys and, I believe that, you know, to me, in in a nutshell, I think that is what is missing in today's wrestling product. Not that today's wrestling product is is terrible, but I believe from the the mid-80s, 83, 84, up to about 95, 96, that attitude era was probably the best wrestling that I've seen. And Yeah, everybody everybody says that. No, the attitude era was the best. You know, I just, I... I loved it, you know. I I loved, you know, the 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 original Four Horsemen, you know. I I loved the whole, you know, Magnum Tiang, Dusty Rhodes, and you know, when Randy Savage came to the WWF, you know, he was larger than life, and you know, then and you know, I still believe one of the the best matches, you know, ever at WrestleMania was was Savage Steamboat WrestleMania three. You can't convince me otherwise that. That doesn't rank up with at least the top three in WrestleMania matches. And again, in my opinion, I just you know I, I think it was that that good. I want to plug in something, okay? 
If you don't know who is Billy Star, Superstars Billy Graham is, pick up the DVD about the Graham career. The title is... I'll forget that. I don't have it. I I'll have to get I, I don't have it, but I'll have to get everything. it. Yeah. Wow. Everybody's got to pick that up and see this guy, because this guy painted cur curves just for everybody, everybody, you know, all these wrestlers out there today. Even independent wrestlers looking up to him, you know. He was yeah, the man. Yeah. He, he knew how to do his promos. He knew how to wrestle. He knew how to do everything. Come on, you know. This guy was great. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, de he definitely was. He definitely was. Again, you know, he, he lives up to his moniker of superstar. You know, he... Yeah. You know, he truly was. And, you know, we call them all superstars today, but Billy Graham is, is truly a superstar. And, again, yeah, you know, when, we're going to miss him. And... Go ahead. Yeah, when uh, superstar Billy Graham saw this guy named Terry... Uh, Obola, you know, he said, that's going to be the next star. Guess what? It was Hulk Hogan. Okay? Hulk Hogan was the next star. Big time star. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, I mean, he had it. And, and a lot of what he did was directly ripped off from superstar Billy Graham. The, you yeah. know, the yeah. not necessarily the tie-dye, but, you know, the 24-inch the pythons and... and you know, and, and, you know, Billy Graham would, you know, say biceps, but, you know, the largest arms in the world. And, that you know, that was all, you know, him. Again, Jesse Ventura, would, you know, was the same way. His mannerisms, his, his, his you know, his flair, his, his wrestling style was all, you know, ripped off from superstar Billy Graham. And again, I don't mean that in a negative way because, you know, I think at least in wrestling, I think, you know, that, you know, that, you know, imitation really is, you know, the sincerest form of flattery. I think if you can pull off another guy's look or steal a little bit of it and make it work for you, I, you know, I think that's kudos to both of you. Listen to the original, you know, and, and then to, to you that, that is, that is doing it. And, you know, I, you know, again, we, you know, we, you know, I mean, we could spend the whole show talking about Billy Graham, um, but I do kind of want to yeah. shift gears a little bit and talk a little bit about. Can I um, say one more thing? Sure. Well, when uh, the when the Marshall Stroll gets back from his recovery, I'm going to ask him about Superstar Billy Graham because I think he knows him, been around him. No, he's oh no, absolutely. I, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We are going to. Yeah, we are, we are not. We're not done talking about this by no means. Um, but yeah, I, I would definitely like to get Stroh's input. You know, and, you know, I hope this throws back, you know, sooner than later. Um, you know, I, I miss him, and, and Stro, if you're listening, buddy, you know, we need you back, buddy. You know, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the best I can here, man, but, you know, I, I think that you do it far better than I do. And, you know, we, we need you back. We need your input. We need your, your knowledge. We need you, you know, as um, Ernie Ladd would say, you know, um, Stro, you know, we need to sit under the learning tree for a minute and hear what you have to say about, you know, superstar Billy Graham and, um, you know, where he is, you know, and kind of what impact did he have on your career? You know, you know, yeah, maybe you have a story. I'm sure, you, I'm sure he's got, I'm sure he's got a, a superstar Billy Graham story. 
Um, most, you know, those that, that are in that era um, will have one, I'm sure. Um, and, you know, I, you know, I, I just want to hear, and I want to hear, you know, what, what Stroh has to say. And, you know, you know, getting, getting back, you know, and getting back, you know, doing what I believe he loves. I believe Stroh loves doing this. I believe he loves talking to everybody. Um, I'm finding out, you know, and I'm just doing one show for him and, and Stroh does a lot of things, you know, outside of this. And I tell you what, it was, I, I had a whole format kind of laid out and not that I had everything written out, but I had some ideas written down. I got them jotted down on a piece of paper. And then, you know, we kind of switched gears with, you know, with the unfortunate news of, you know, Billy Graham passing. But, you know, this, you know, it's not easy, you know, sitting here and, you know, not one coming up with a topic that's that people want to talk about, but then, you know, making it interesting, for, you know, the, the for the time that we're that we're on the air and and you know, and I love doing it. Don't get me wrong, you know, I'll, I'll do it as you know as long mm-hmm. as Stro needs me to do it. I'll help him out. You know, when he's back, you know, sitting in the yeah, captain's I, I, chair, I, I, you know, I'll help him out. To help out. And I'm always here to help you know, out. Yeah. And, you know, and I miss him. And, and Strowman, you can't come back soon enough, brother. And I, I hope that you're still recovering and getting well. Um, once you're back, brother, I don't want you back too soon. I want you to come back when, when, when you're up to it. And you know, and, and you can do it. You know, at the level that, that you feel comfortable doing it at. And you know, I, I do hope he's listening. Um, but you know, we're going to kind of switch gears and. And one Talk more, about one angles. I hope I hope SmackDown can tomorrow night, okay, give a good tribute to the superstar Billy Graham. I hope so. I I would almost say I, I think they will. You know, especially with again Triple H having as much quote unquote control as he has. I think they'll put a. a well, I shouldn't say I think they will. I hope they will wrap. Well, yeah, I'm with you. I, ho- I hope that they put a real nice package together. And listen, man, right. make, make it make it make it make it a ten minute pack. Give me ten minutes of Superstar Billy Graham. I wouldn't mind watching that. To, even to to kick off SmackDown, you know, the, the, right. the introduction, you know, and listen, go a little old school. Bring back the the, the old you know WWF intro that we used to watch on Saturday mornings and start SmackDown yeah. that way and and start with it, you know, no no nobody's music, no nothing, just the the arena's quiet, put it up on the jumbotron, let us watch it. And it, you know, give give them the and old it, ten count. Have a ten bell count. You know, yes, absolutely. on stage. Like the like Ab- they yeah, you have to. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Because he's the one that caused a lot of pass for everybody in the business. Yeah, yes. Yes, he, he he did lay the groundwork for those that, you know, we are, you know, watching today. You know, I, I really do All believe right. that. I, I do. Go, go on. Let's go on to the next topic. I got a phone call real quick right here from my mom. I got to take this call real quick. I'll be right back All right. with you. Not a problem. Let me switch, let's switch gears here real quick. 804 Area Code, you're on WCW Retro. Yeah, Steven. I'm sorry, your name? It's Steven. Hey, Steven, what's going on, buddy? How are you? 
good. Just listening in. Um, I wanted to mention real quick some of the titles he's held too. Um, yeah, yeah, go ahead, uh, man. We're, we're all about it. I was surprised he wrestled <laughs> in Japan too. It was a. Uh, uh, IWA, he was IWA world champion. He was a, a brass knuckles champion in uh, NWA. Had uh, some tag team titles in NWA. Like uh, he had the Florida Territory too, where he tagged Ox Baker. So he wrestled uh, Florida, Memphis, WWF, international pro wrestling in Japan. Um, so he had some good work in the territories as well outside WF and also debuted in AWA. So it just goes to show how good AWA was that they produced so much talent that WWE would snatch up later. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, what, do you th- what are your thoughts on the uh, Graham family? Because I've heard, I've read that Jerry Graham was the one who introduced uh, Billy into the that wrestling family. Um, mm. uh, any thoughts on the Grams, uh, Eddie Graham or uh, or uh, Jerry Graham? Hey, I, 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 got, the, uh, I, I got something I got to go take care of, and I'll be right back. Okay, okay. So give me a few minutes, and I'll be back. <laughs> no, no, not a problem. You're, you're talking about um, Eddie Graham bringing in um, Superstar no, Billy Graham is that? Is that? I believe Jerry Graham did, but I was wondering what your thoughts on the Graham family in particular, Eddie Graham, Jerry Graham, Billy Graham, et Oh man, again, you know they they are right up there. You know, I we we use the word genius a lot, um, but I think as far as it, you know, with the Graham family, with you know being able to to run a territory, to be able to to book a territory and, and give us, you know, long, not only long-term, long-term storylines, but some shorter, you know, stories. I, I think they really were, you know, iconic when it comes to, you know, again, being on the cutting edge of, you know, the, the wrestling business and just what they were able to do, you know, in just, you know, this, you know, just pick Memphis alone and what, you know, what they were able to do there and, you know, all of the matches and, and different types of gimmick matches that they had that people watched. And, you know, I, you know, I, you, know, you can't say enough about, you know, Jerry Graham and, and, and those guys like that. They, they just, you know, it, you know, again, it, it's hard to say kind of what their, their influence was because they're, they're, they're not talking about as much as I think they should. Um, right, but you know they, they, you know, definitely deserve, you know, um, you know, nods when it comes to not only what the the, the business is today, but you know what what it was and uh, you know where they you know where they took it from to where they took it to. Um, you know, I just you know they are you know definitely pioneers, um, you know, in the business. Um, you know, and, you know, you got guys, you know, Eddie Graham and, you know, um, that whole wrestling, you know, family, you know, Luke Graham, you know, Mike and, and, 
and all of those guys, you know, that fell under that, you know, Graham family moniker, you know, he, you know, Dr. Jerry Graham was, was the guy that kind of, you know, spearheaded that and, you know, was able to, to, to really pull it off and, you know, make, I believe that the product that we have today is a direct result of, you know, that early work that's done and, you know, again, they, they are definitely up there, you know, top five when it comes to, you know, at least in my opinion, you know, pioneers of, of pro wrestling and, you know, again, what they've done for the business, you know, will their legacy, I believe, will continue to carry on, you know, you know, well beyond probably, you know, our years. And again, you know, I hope, as I said, with Superstar, I believe, you know, I hope that, you know, some of these guys that are, that are in the business now, you know, take a little bit of, of that. Even, you know, Dr. Jerry Graham, take a little bit of his legacy and, and you know, bring it out and, and let, you know, let's relive it through, you know, somebody else, you know, a, a you know, a new upstart or, you know, so in, you know, let's just, I'll just throw AJ Styles' name out there just, just for argument's sake. You know, you know, if he, you know, if he were to do it, and bring back some of that old school kind of, you know, wrestling feel, you know, again, you know, then, you know, their legacy continues to, to live on. And, you know, again, you know, the wrestling world is definitely at a loss um, with superstar passing. I know he had, you know, a rough couple of weeks up into his passing, but, you know, we are definitely left with a void. Um, I hope that as we talked about, I think just before, you came on, I, I, you know, my hope is that SmackDown does a real nice tribute, um, you know, to Superstar, give them a nice lengthy kind of video package because, I mean, they have, they, they, have, they have to have so much in their archives. That, you know, it would be hard to throw something together that lasts 10 minutes, and I believe the fans would enjoy it. You know, I know I would. A lot of the older fans would enjoy it. It would introduce probably a lot of the younger fans to who Superstar Billy Graham was and just, how influential he's been, you know, in his career and, you know, just what he's, you know, the, the things that he was able to do. Um, but, you know, with, with that being said, um, do want to touch on, you know, for a little bit, with a little bit of time we have left, um, angles that happen in pro wrestling and not necessarily feuds because I think feuds are a little bit longer, but things that happen that just kind of, like wowed us, you know, and I have a couple of things that I, that I had written down. Um, one of the ones that comes to mind is, you know, again, a little bit old school is, you know, Andy Kaufman, Jerry Lawler, you know, that whole angle there with, you know, Andy trying to be, you know, a, a guy, you know, that's, that's, you know, quote unquote beating up women, you know, night in and night out and, and kind of Jerry Lawler steps in and I mean, and, I mean, that made money for, for months, you know, and here we are probably, if I had to guess, 40-plus years removed from that angle happening, and that really pushed wrestling into, you know, mainstream media. What happened on the David Letterman show with, you know, um, you know, Lawler slapping Kaufman and, and, and all of that, to me, that was like a, a you know, a, a wow moment, you know. Again, not, not having the, the Internet and not knowing whether that was, you know, real or not, but I mean, it, it sure as heck looked real when it happened right in front of me on, on television and they, 
and every major news station was talking about it, and it was getting literally, you know, from a from a little territory in Memphis, it was getting at least nationwide, if not worldwide, recognition, you know, for what happened. And, you know, here we are, you know, we still talk about it to this day. The, are, are you familiar with Jerry Lawler, Andy Kaufman? Yeah, feud at all? I don't want to call it a feud. Uh, you know, it's it's a shame because, you know, go ahead. I was able to meet Jerry Lawler and get his uh, Letterman picture with uh, Kaufman autographed when he was at a convention. I mean, so yeah, we talked oh, about very that, nice. uh, Man on the Moon. I think it's pretty cool that Larry uh, will recreate that in the movie and also uh, kind of be Andy be mentioned in the um, REM song as well. The movie oh, yeah. The from, so. Yeah, no, you know, and difficult to work with, but it was pretty cool that they're able to kind of recreate that in the movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a big Jim Carrey fan because I've heard he's been, you know, hard to work with, as, you know, as an actor. But I, you know, I, I think he nailed that. I think he did a phenomenal job, you know, in that movie. I don't think he's given enough credit, you know, maybe because it's a quote unquote wrestling movie, you know, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that whole. You know, Jerry Lawler, Andy Kaufman thing was just so real, and you know, it, it it pushed all the right buttons, and you know, it checks all of the boxes. You know, and you know, to me, you know, it it, it started to roll the the pro wrestling into you know mainstream media, and again, you know, here we are again, give or take a couple of years, forty some years later, still talking about it, and still talking about. You know how we felt. You know, not if we watched it when it happened, or if we were a little younger, we watched it and we're like, "Wow, that that really happened." Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that happened. That happened on national television. You know, uh, you know, I I just think it, you know it was a great angle. It made, you know, it made a ton of money for um, Jerry Lawler. And I heard, and and I don't have confirmation, but I, I don't know if I heard it on um, a Tony Schiavone podcast or whatever. But Andy Kaufman never cashed any of his checks that he got from Memphis Wrestling um, for that whole angle. He because he, he he didn't do it for the money. He, he loved pro wrestling. He wanted to do it, and you know, quite frankly, at the time he didn't need the money, and he never cashed a single check that they wrote him for all of that. They said it made it made it for it for an accounting nightmare because he just re- flat out refused to cash the checks. He wouldn't do it. And, you know, just because you're kind of, you know. That reminds me of what David Arquette. I know a lot of people, a lot of people fan the David Arquette WCW run, but, like, he would donate his money privately to the families of, like, Owen Hart. And, uh, oh, yeah. And Thelman, so. It's, it's yeah, funny. and, you know. Yeah, and, and, and you know, and, and I, I was, I was a big, I, I never really liked, when celebrities get involved in things like this, unless they're, they have a little bit more training than it's, you know, typical, you know, celebrity would get. Um, sometimes, you know, a celebrity gets involved, you, you know, you think of, you know, Bam Bam Bigelow when he wrestled Lawrence Taylor. I don't remember which WrestleMania it was, but that was God awful because Lawrence Taylor is a football player. He's not a wrestler. And Bam Bam took a lot of the credit for, you know, of course for carrying that match, but, you know, I, you know, I watched Andy Kaufman. I, I watched David Arquette. I think 
they were kind of, was kind of learning on the job. I think he did really well. Um, but yeah, I did hear that he, uh, you know, he was donating, you know, privately, you know, the money that he was getting, you know, to, you know, to those families, which I think is a fantastic thing. And, you know, I wish he wouldn't have kept it so private. I think it might have taken a little bit of the heat, you know, off of him. But again, he wasn't doing it, right. you know, for the money. He, he just, he loved, he loved the business. And, you know, and I'm, and I'm sure that, you know, I would say, you know, 90 to 95% of the guys that are out there love the business, you know, and because it's not, it's not easy to, to, to make money when, you, when you're first starting out. I mean, it's, you know, I've read a lot of, you know, I've read Mick Foley's book. I read Steve Austin's book, you know, them, you know, sleeping in their car and having to drive 500 miles for 50 bucks and it barely covered the gas and, and expenses, you know, going back and forth. So you would work for free on the weekends, you know, and these guys truly, you know, truly love the sport. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think David Arquette gets enough credit for what he did or, you know, what he continues to do. Um, the other thing I had written down was um, the, the barbershop episode with Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. And I was completely floored when when Shawn Michaels turned on Marty Jannetty. I, I just, I, I, I can almost I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember Bobby Heenan saying that, it wasn't Shawn Michaels' fault. It was it was Marty Jannetty trying to jump through the window to get away from Shawn Michaels. <laughs> and I thought, you know, are you, and again, you know, being a fan, I'm, I'm thinking, Bobby, are you even watching the same thing I'm watching? <laughs> like, but I remember just the shock value that 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 had that that you know, you know, Marty, you know, Marty Jannetty, you know, was was always by Shawn Michaels' side, and you know. You know, how could Shawn Michaels do that to him? And, you know, I remember, again, vividly that, the, you know, the cut on, on Marty's head when, you know, when he went through the glass and just kind of like laying limp over the, the barbershop window and, and the smug look that, that Shawn Michaels had, you know, on his face. And, you know, that kind of really just skyrocketed, you know, Shawn Michaels' career you know, into the stratosphere, you know, he became the heartbreak kid and, you know, the, the rest, as they say, is history. And, you know, I, I think that really was a a turning point for, you know, for Shawn Michaels. Um, I don't know what they had planned with Marty Jannetty. Um, I know he's he's battled some demons in, in, in his life. I don't know if that played into it or not. I don't know much about where they were headed with that, but... Do you remember that one? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. There was a couple of there was a couple of them like that, you know, on on uh, on the, uh, the barber shop or or Roddy Roddy Piper's pit, uh, fly snicker with the coke and that. Come on. That that that's that's, that's kind. Of, I was going. I was going. I had two Piper's pit things lined up, and and the one was was Piper hitting. Snooker with the coconut, and yeah. I, I watched I watched the Roddy Piper biography. I don't know if it was A and E or one of the other ones, but Snooker told him to hit him as hard as he could with the coconut. 
Yes. And and he yes. and he hit him with that coconut. <laughs> he, he got what he asked for. But they... uh, I I knew that because what it is that I was talking to my snicker about the coconut. Okay, I got a coconut here, and he signed it for me. He said, you know, I really got hit hard, but right, right, Piper's uh, coconut, and that was, and I told him, hit me real hard with it. <laughs> he told me that. Yeah, he yeah, he told me he's like, lay it in there, let, you know. And I I just remember how angry <laughs> Snooker was, and and he's trying to kick that door in, and he's kicking it with such force that the door is actually flexing a little bit. And, and I remember, you know, Snooker's in bare feet. He didn't, he didn't wrestle in boots. And I'm like, right. and, and again, being, being what it was, you know, in mid-80s or so, I don't remember the exact year, but I, I believe that if Roddy Piper was on the other side of that door, that Jimmy Snooker was going to kill him. Like, that was my thought watching it as a fan was Piper's dead. As soon as Snooker gets his hands on him, Piper's dead. And, and that's a tribute to both guys, you know. Piper just being the guy that you just love to hate. I mean, he talked down to everybody, you know, and, and Snooker, I mean, everybody loves Jimmy Snooker. So, you know, how how can you do that to really one of the top guys in the WWF at the time? You busted right. him upside the head with a coconut. You know, and... There was and, one question uh, I answered Superfly about, and he never answered me, Okay. I'm going to say What's it's that? a dream match now. It's going to be a dream match now. Okay, Superfly versus Hulk Hogan. They never had a match. Put it that way. They never wrestled each other? Nope. Wow. Nope. I see if I was a betting man, I'd have lost money. They probably wouldn't yeah. want Hogan to uh, get outside with Luka. Luka had the cooler, you know, moveset and... Yeah, it, it's but a big good one. Good guy used to be like good, and the bad used to be bad at that time. Yeah, but yeah, I think it's. I think I think he's right. I think with Snooker's style and Hogan's style, I don't think it it really would have would have meshed real well because you know at that you know at that time you know Hogan only had like three moves, and I think right now he's only got four or five, but. Yeah. You know, and and Snooker was just all over the place. He was a high flyer. He could he could wrestle. He could fight. He could, you know. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I think you're right, brother. I don't think he. I don't think those two styles would have would have worked well. Yeah, I mean, it sounds great on paper. It does. It really does. But I don't know how good of a match. Even back then, I don't know how good of a match it would have been. You know, I I really I really don't. Um, my other. Piper's pit moment was um, Andre ripping the gold chain off of Hulk Hogan when Andre turned on him, and I, I remember, and it was it was completely by by accident that you know Piper looks at him and says, you know, Hulk, you're bleeding, you know, because the cross is actually what cut him. It wasn't wasn't intended to happen. Andre was supposed to grab him and just rip down on his shirt. But I guess somehow the the cross that he had on kind of kind of nicked his skin a little bit, and it kind of gave a little chink in the armor, if you will. That listen, Hulk Hogan can, can lead. He, maybe maybe this is the guy that takes Hulk Hogan down. Maybe 
this new Andre that we're seeing, this evil Andre, it, it, is is going to be, you know, the guy that finally dethrones Hulk Hogan. And I remember when they were, I, I watched the, bi- the biography about that, and they they were very, very, the WWF was, Vince McMahon was very, very nervous if Andre would, would, would do the job or not. They were still literally, I, I remember, you know, them saying, you know, as, as Andre's walking down the, down the aisle, they're like, we still don't know if he's going to, you know, as Triple H would say, do what's best for business. And, you know, of course, you know, and, and of course he does it, you know, and, 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 then, and then we, you know, we have the match that we have, but, you know, you're only going to do what Andre lets you do anyway. But that whole, you know, that whole thing, you know, with, with the Piper's Pit and how it was set up, I, I, I think it was done so well. And, again, you know, there's just little moments in time that, that you remember, you know, things that happened, you know. And, again, here we are, you know, 30-some years later, whatever it is, you know, talking about it. And these are things, I think, that will continue to live on, you know, and, you know, in pro wrestling, you know, every time we, we talk about feuds or angles or, you know, rivalries, if you will, you know, these are things that we that we will probably never forget. I hope that the younger generations never never forget it um, because they are they are just you know glimpses of this is what wrestling used to be, um, mm-hmm. and you know, just just how yeah. good it was, you know. And I think the, you know I think I think the closest they ever got to doing something like Pepper Spit was Chris Jericho's uh, highlight reel. And Shawn Michaels going through the TV. I think that was the closest they got to that type of spit kind of moment. Yeah, no, that, 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 yeah, that, I didn't have that on. Yeah, I, I didn't have that on the list. But yes, now that you mention it, yes, that was, and that was done very well. You know, here you have two two great guys in Jericho and Michaels, and you know, and and that happened. And and I always love Chris Jericho. I like him more as a heel than I do as a babyface because I, I think he. He comes off a little more. He, he he comes off a little more arrogant, and, and it's easy to to hate the arrogance that he comes off as when he's a heel. When when he's arrogant as a good guy, he's like, ah, oh, he's just being cocky. He's just being Chris Jericho. But when he's a bad guy, it's like, yeah, that's what I hate about him. I hate that he does that, you know, or that he talks that way, or that he does that, you know, little facial expression or whatever it is. And you know, when he had the list and everything, and he was telling you, you know, you made the list that. That was great, you know, great television. And, you know, again, yeah, I, I think that's probably the closest we have to, you know, to a, a Marty Gennetti, Shawn Michaels, a, a Hogan Andre, you know, in modern time, you know, Piper Snooker, that, that Jericho Michaels angle was, was done to perfection. You know, it, it, it really was. Um, and then, you know, we have, um, I guess it was the I guess the early '90s. I guess a little more recent, but still, you're talking what thirty some years ago. My math isn't great, but you know we have we're introduced to in the WWF at the time. We are introduced to the real world champion, and out walks Ric Flair. Not only does he walk out with the robe, not only does he walk out to his entrance music that he's used for years, but he walks out with the WCW title. And I thought, wow, 
how in the world are they getting away with this? Now, they, they did they did blur it out a little bit, but you could tell just by the shape and by the size that that definitely was a WCW title. And you mm-hmm. know, they, I remember that. The, remember the whole that. the whole backstory to you know Jim Hurd wanting to cut Ric Flair's hair and have him become this Spartacus kind of kind of character. Ric Flair's like, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm not doing it. And if, if I remember right. Vince McMahon said, he called Vince McMahon almost immediately, and he said, well, you, you come up, and, and he's like, well, you know, I, I still have the title. They still owe me, you know, the $2,500 or whatever, 25000 whatever it was, the amount back um, when he turns the title in. And Vince was like, listen, we'll, we'll take care of that. You just, you just come on up to Connecticut, and, and we'll do our thing. And, and, you know, and out he walks, and, you know, and he, and he walks out with really the – the rival at that time, the only rival that Vince, that Vince had, and he walks out with, with their title and, you know, and proceeds to be the, you know, the, the real world champion. And, you know, I, I just thought that, again, that was done, you know, as close to perfection as you could get. I, it was, you know, again, it was the internet being in its infancy a little bit there. It, you know, it really, they hit it very well, and nobody really knew what was going on. And Ric Flair walks out, and Jim Hurd's kind of left with, you know, a little bit of, you know, egg on his face. And here here, here we are, you know, a a real, the real world champion. And, and Bobby Heenan, you know, did, did a great job in doing, you know, in, in selling that and, and promoting Ric Flair as, you know, the the real world champion. But what about you guys? What what moment in time, what, you know, whether, you know, somebody turning one. or dad? I got, a, I got a good one, okay? Don't call Steve Austin versus no other than Mike Tyson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I I I did forget about that for a minute. I did, I did. I, I my memory wasn't because I, I was getting caught up in a lot of other things, like other things I remember growing up. But I I did forget that that was that was that was done really, you know, very well. You know, I, I thought I think it was laid out perfectly. You know, it it, it literally took everybody by surprise. It really yep. did. If you weren't surprised, then 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 you got to be lying to me for sure. Because <laughs> everybody yeah, was surprised when that happened. Yeah, it, it was a big turning point. I was surprised that happened. It was a big turning point in Monday Night Wars as well. WCW guys, absolutely. Like we're like, oh shit. You know? um, absolutely. But I, I got a I got a question for panel. Um, it's it's kind of interesting. Billy Graham was like such a good talker, but he had a manager, the Grand Wizard. Um, I wonder well, what if the kind of feud with Nick Bockwinkle and Bobby Heenan on the other side, uh, either AWA or WF, uh, or um, what if Billy Graham hadn't lost to Bob Backlund if he had held the title longer and, and went babyface, like. Uh, what do you do? You think he would have lost it to Iron Sheik eventually, like back one did, or somebody else? Because that that back one uh, defeat definitely made Iron Sheik, and then later Hulk Hogan 
it's kind of interesting. Yeah. What well, do you think uh, a babyface Billy Graham would have been feuding with uh, besides uh, after Billy after Bob Backlund? Well, well, first of all, I, I like I like the the Grand Wizard Bobby Heenan scenario. I, I, I that you know that I think that would have been very interesting. Um, I think that you know they they could both talk that you know and again not not that you know Nick Bockwinkel needed any or for that matter Billy Graham needed anybody to talk for, for them, but I think you know those four together, you know. I, I think would would have been fantastic, and I, I, you know, I don't know if they, if they keep, if they keep Billy Graham, if they if he doesn't if, if Backlund doesn't beat him, then and then does he he doesn't really um, wrestle the Iron Sheik at that point because they're they're both you know bad guys at the time. But it would have been interesting to see, right. you know, listen, what if superstar Billy Graham is, you know, still a, a bad guy and, you know, in comes Hulk Hogan in Madison Square Garden and mm-hmm. and beats Billy Graham. You know, you have two guys that are really larger than life, you know, at the time, both about the same size, both proclaimed to have, you know, the largest arms in the world, you know, and I think that would have been – you know, a, a a colossal match. You know, I I don't know who he who he keeps you know defending the title against up until that point. You know, maybe you know he 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 beats Backlund, and you know they throw I don't know you know just for sake of argument you know they throw Tito Santana out there at the time, and you know he beats Santana to retain the title. You know, and you know we're building up to you know Hulk Hogan coming out and you know. In the Madison Square Garden, and, and and finally, you know, winning the title and, and pinning superstar Billy Graham, um, that that would have been, to me, I, I think just every bit as good as Hulk Hogan beating the Iron Sheik at the time. You know, I I don't see why that wouldn't have, especially in Madison Square Garden, where you know that was you know between Bruno and and, and Graham, that was their that was their home turf kind of that was where they did most of their, their business, where they drew the most money, you know, at least in, in, in our, or at least up in, you know, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, you know, New York area, that was the big arena, you know, and, yep. you know, that's where, you know, wrestling history is made in Madison Square Garden. And, you know, I think that would have been a, a, a great collision course for those two to be set on. And, again, you know, hindsight being what it is, I don't know why they didn't, Book it that way. I don't know what was in their minds. Um, you know, I, you know, I know, and I know that that Billy Graham has had some differences with the McMahons, and I don't know if that's why they they took the title and gave it the back. And I don't know that much of the of the backstory. Um, but yeah, that is an interesting. Question. I would have loved to see, you know, that at the time that you know the the WWF title and the AWA title. We talked earlier. He went. He went an hour time limit draw with Hardy Race. Why couldn't he go forty five minutes or an hour with Nick Bockwinkel in a place like Madison mm-hmm. Square Garden? I think. I think they would have. They would have torn the roof off of that place if Bockwinkel and Graham had gotten together and, you know, and had a match to, you know, to quote unquote unify the titles and, and they can't or some kind of disqualification or, 
you know, something happens where, you know, they both get to keep their their respective titles. You know, would a, would a guy like, with, with those, you know, with, with Nick Bockwinkle and, you know, superstar Billy Graham and, and those older guys, you know, Harley Race, even, you know, Ric Flair at the time, that those matches will always be, you know, to me, instant classics. They will be, you know, forever watched. And, yeah, man, what a what a scenario that would have been if, you know, Hulk Hogan beats superstar Billy Graham in Madison Square Garden in 1980, was 84, January 84, I think it was. You know, and that's, the, you know, the, the birth of Hulkamania, you know, um, you know, and and I was going to try to talk a little bit last week on what ifs, but you know, my scenario was what if Hulk Hogan beat Nick Bockwinkel back then for the title and never leaves the AWA? You know that right. you know. Then we have a whole other can of worms that you know. Then, then what do you do? Does Superstar Billy Graham continue and maybe make a a a you know a face turn and you know battles the Iron Sheik and and a, a bunch of you know the bad guys that were that were coming up at that time, and does you know is, is Hulk is Hulkamania not really as big as it is because he, he's and I don't want to say you know demeaningly, but because he's stuck in the AWA and it, it's still a smaller territory, you know, or does Hulkamania still explode and he eventually maybe a year or two later comes to the you know the WWF and. You know, we get to see the birth of Hulk Hogan or Hulkamania just, you know, two years later. But yeah, I would have loved to have seen superstar Billy Graham and and Hulk Hogan collide for the title, and you know, kind of see what kind of match they could have had together. And especially on, you know, at that stage, at, at that point in time, you know, they're <clears throat> you know, superstar is, is you know in his prime. You know, he's you know he, he's as, as hot as he's ever been. And, and here come you know, along comes Hulk Hogan and, you know, beating for, you know, the WWF title. I think, you know, that would have been, you know, again, we, you know, we talk about Hulk Hogan and the Iron Sheik all the time, but we'd still be talking about Hulk Hogan, you know, beating superstar Billy Graham. Because it was a huge deal when when he beat um, Bruno San Martino, you know, in, it was a 78, 77, 70, somewhere around there. Because um, nobody could beat Bruno at the time, and then he goes on a tear and you know, grand you know, defends the title against you know really a who's who you know Jack Briscoe and and Dusty Rhodes and you know Don Morocco and all those guys that you know we call legends and and are you know in their own right you know Hall of Famers and in Hall of Fames and you know it, it definitely it definitely a, a good a good angle maybe an angle that never was. You know, something that, you know, that maybe could have happened, but, that you know, maybe the timing wasn't right or or for whatever reason. But, man, that, yeah, that that would have been awesome, I think. I think. So, mm-hmm. so what, what, what uh, else? Also, what kind of – go ahead. If Backlund uh, hadn't beaten Graham, you know, Backlund probably never would have, like, lost the title to Anoki. The Phantom lost in Japan, too. So, a lot of history has changed to Billy Graham beats Backlund. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it just seemed just, just those, you know, it, it, they they seem almost insignificant in the, in the 
the broad spectrum of time, but it's kind of the ripple effect. Yeah, if that doesn't happen, then yeah, then then Anoki maybe doesn't get his chance, or you know, and you know, and and then you know, who knows? Maybe we don't hear from Backlund, you know, maybe ever again. I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know kind of what his plans were, but you know, he, you know, I, I know, you know, he, he Backlund, you know, was a good champion at the time, you know, but you know, maybe the, the the WWF was switching gears and I don't know, wanted a more, I don't know, kind of a, um, an all American kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of, kind of guy. But yeah. What, what if, what if Backlund doesn't, doesn't, you know, doesn't win it at all? What, you know, you know, how, you know, how is, how is the landscape changed? You know, if, if, if that never happens and yeah, it's, and, and that's what I love about pro wrestling. We could talk about what ifs, you know, Till the cows come home, and how things would have been different, how things changed. But yep. good. I'm sorry, you were to say something. Uh, I, I, I got another good match, a good angle. Okay, this is back in in 1982 now. Okay, this is before I started rocking wrestling, but I I, I saw a match, you know, okay, on YouTube. The Fabulous Reavers slammed the door on Kerry Von Erich. That started a, a six-man tag right there with the Von Erich brothers and the Fabulous Reavers. Right. That was what Michael Hayes was. Michael Hayes was the referee for Kerry and Rick yeah. Flair, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that, that's actually on my list. That was on my list. Um, Steve, Steve, you're going to... Steve, you're going to say something? Go ahead. Another what-if dream match for me probably would have been Billy Graham versus Ricky Steamboat, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, given that uh, the 80s, uh, Graham was the karate expert uh, persona. I think that would have been interesting to have those two styles uh, meet. Uh, Yeah, the the, the black karate pants superstar against Ricky Steamboat. Yeah. And, again, you know, I I think – you know, I, I watched some of the the older the older guys, and you know, they Ricky. I think Ricky Steamboat could really work with anybody. Um, you know, he worked well with with Ric Flair. He he, he worked well with Ric Flair with Randy Savage. Terry What's Funk. that? Terry Funk. Yeah. Terry. He worked real good with him. Oh yeah. Yeah, and you know, and you know, and and like I said, with, with superstar Billy Graham, he just, you know, he he could he could make you believe that he was going to you know kill Ricky Steamboat in his match with just his his look and you know his karate expertise and and how he was training, just how big he was because you know he was much larger than 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 Ricky Steamboat and you know how is Ricky going to overcome? Not only the the karate aspect, but just the physical size of superstar Billy Graham, you know, and um, you know how you know how is he going to combat it? How is he going to be able to take the you know the big guy down? But I think they would have had a a, a great match together, and I think both of them were just you know so good in the ring, you know they were so fluid, and you can tell you know when, when guys you know really like working with each other, just you know just how well. You know they were. I, I I remember leading up to that. I'll go back to that WrestleMania three match with 
Savage's Steamboat, they they sat down. I, I think Steamboat was saying for like two and a half, three hours, like in a diner, and they laid out the entire match on how it was going to go. And Randy Savage was such a, a perfectionist on how things needed to go that it needed to go, you know, a certain way. And man, they did. Man, did they pull it off? They they made it work. And you know, you see the clashes that Steamboat has with Ric Flair, and you know. Just all of, you know, all of the, I don't think I've ever seen, and I haven't seen all of his matches, but I don't think I've ever seen a bad Steamboat match. I think every match that I've seen him in, you know, I think he's been very, very good in. Um, I just watched a, an old WCW match. It was, um, Ric Flair was heavyweight champion. Um, Barry Windham was, I think, United States champion at the time. And um, they um, they'd really, the week before or two weeks before that, whatever it was, they'd beaten up Eddie Gilbert really bad. And he came out on the 605 broadcast and he said, you know, I have, I have a mystery partner that I'm going to bring out next week. If you two guys want to you know, get it on, let, let's have a tag team match. If you, you know, stop beating me up two on one, I'm going to find a partner. And Rick says, you're not going to find nobody. Nobody wants to work with you. You know, you're not that good, blah, 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 blah. And out comes Ricky Steamboat. And that place went nuts. And, you know, I, and, and I've always been a Barry Windham fan. I love Barry Windham. I like his work. Um, you know, and just those four, when they got together, that match was incredible. And, and I think at the end, I I think it ended with, with Steamboat pinning Ric Flair and Ric Flair going berserk because he just got pinned by Ricky Steamboat. And you know, again, that was a, a great, a great little story, a great little angle that they did, you know. And you know, it took all four of them guys, you know, being you know at their best, you know, in real. And, and listen, that's a main event match anywhere in the world, in front of a, a small studio crowd, and that crowd was so behind Eddie Gilbert and Ricky Steamboat, um, you know. And like I said, I'm a big Barry Windham fan. Um, I remember Arn Anderson talking about. He had a match with um, Barry Windham, and they were on their knees, like because they were. It was I don't know, fifteen, twenty minutes into the match, and they were supposed to go thirty minutes, and they're tired, they're sweating, they're on their knees, and probably wrestling and fighting better than most of the people that were on the card, whatever was on that card that night. From their knees, they were able to pull off a very good match, and you know, a very good. Um, performance that night, and I, and I remember watching that match, and I'm like, man, these guys aren't even getting up, and then Arn Anderson talks about it and says, you know, that was probably one of his highlights of his career was, you know, being able to work, you know, opposite, you know, Barry Windham for those series of matches, and, you know, I, you know, again, you know, Arn Anderson being, you know, probably being one of those top guys, and to me, Barry Windham always being a top guy, I remember, you know, him coming in with Mike Rotunda into the WWF, and you know, I was heartbroken when they lost the tag team titles. You know, I was, I, I was, I was devastated. I'm like, how, how, how can they lose, man? To, to was it with the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov? Like, come on, man, <laughs> how can that happen? And you know, I just, to me, Barry Windham will always be one of my, one of my all time favorites. Um, you know, and I know he's had some health issues in, in the past. I think he was guys, 
I, I think a lot of a lot of the guys I like kind of grew up watching Barry one day. You know, I think he's kind of underrated. Also, one of the best formations of the horseman. I know Gangrel like. Uh, very influenced by Barry Windham, for an example. I think Barry Windham would have been would have been great today too, given guys that are so big and can move quick like uh, Brody Lee. I think Barry would have fit right in. Oh yeah, and 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 he, and he he kind of redefined what big men are supposed to be. I mean, he's what six four, six five. He was a big guy, but he was fast, mm-hmm. and you know he was able to pull off moves that. A guy that's six six, you know, two hundred and sixty pounds shouldn't be able to do. And yeah, I think he, you know, he's very underrated. I, you know, I, you know, I, I really wish he, you know, he would have had a a good run, you know, with with a heavyweight title, you know. And I know he's had a lot of titles, you know, in in his career, but you know, I, I think maybe he should have, even if it was for, you know, three or four months. I think he should have beaten Ric Flair, you know, for the NWA title and had it for a little bit. I think it would have done great. Um, but yeah, he's always been one of those guys that always performed at a high level, and and, and always gave a good match. You know, I, you know whether 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 he was a good guy or or a bad guy. I think I kind of like him more as a bad guy than I do a good guy. You know, again with that arrogance and that cockiness that comes out, that the blackjack mulligan coming out of him, and just you know being able to to, to abuse and, and hurt people. I think you know is a is a great attribute, and I, you know, I think I like him better as a as a heel than than a babyface. But you know, it's. Oh, uh, I got one. I got one. It was an angle, right. but the angle the angle went sour real quick. Okay. This one, McMahon jumped in a limo, and the limo blew up, and all of a sudden, the next <laughs> night, remember that one? Yeah, I remember that, that one. Yeah. After that, they, they found out that Chris Benoit committed suicide. After that. Yeah. Yeah. That went sad yeah, real that, quick. Well, yeah, that that was just, a, a, I think, a product of just bad timing, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Yeah, that, they, they kind of... Another question. Go ahead. Uh, what are your thoughts on Austin Idol? On Austin Idol? Austin Idol. Yeah, because I, I heard and read that he was influenced by Billy Graham and also Hogan influenced by uh, Austin Idol as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I, I, meant, I think I mentioned that in the very beginning. Um, again, I think Austin Idol is another one of them guys that's, that's underrated, the American heartthrob. I just think he's, you know, mm-hmm. very underrated. And I don't think he ever really got the push that he deserved. And, again, I don't, I don't know why, you know, I – I just think you know he had the look. He he had that that Billy Graham look, that strut, the the style, the arrogance. You know, I think his work was great in the ring. Um, again, I don't know why he didn't get the push. Whether it, you know it was personally, or you know maybe you know he he upset the you know the promoters or or whatever. I I, I don't know how he was to work with, or you know you know how how he was to do business with. And a lot of that could be, you know, a factor in it, you know, because, um, you know, I I, I liked, um, you know, the, the other nature boy, Buddy Landau. I, I, I liked him, you know, as a performer. But I found out, you know, I, in 
the more I learn about him, you know, he's very hard to work with. He's very undependable. And I'm not saying that about Austin Idol. I don't know what his deal was. But, again, you know, another guy that, that probably could have gotten a, a bigger push than he did. And it, it, it just never, you know, it never materialized for whatever reason. But very underutilized, very underrated um, when we talk about, you know, superstars and, and, and guys that, you know, that were great for the business. I think Austin Idol was. But for whatever reason, I think he gets overlooked way too much. Yeah, uh, guys like Billy Graham and, and Austin are for my fandom, so it's, it's interesting. I, I think one of Gary Hart's best promos, I think, was with Austin Idol, talking about the plane crash that they went through. Um, so uh, a great period for managers as well back then. But, um, yeah. Appreciate yeah, it. yeah, it's picking the brain. Yeah, it, yeah, no, no, not at all, man. I, I love doing this, man, and and this is where I, you know, I, I hope that you know Stroh's able to come back sooner or later to give us a little more insight into this, you know, being, you know, that that he was in the business for so long, and you know, he knows. I'm sure he knows all of the guys that we were talking about, and has, you know, even even if it's just a small story, a small conversation that he's had with these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would just love to be able to pick his brain. And, you know, I, I think when, you know, when he comes back, you know, when he's, you know, when he's ready, when he's, you know, um, done, you know, healing up and, and getting better, you know, I think maybe, we, you know, we just have a, a, a show where we kind of pick his brain and throw out, a, you know, a, a topic or a wrestler and let us, you know, you know, give his input or, you know, uh, you know, maybe a, I would love to hear a, a road story about, you know, whatever, whether it's, you know, again, with Austin Idol or Barry Windham or back when they, they literally traveled up and down the highways together. Now, I mean, now it seems like they, they fly everywhere and, you know, they're more in the public now. But I would love to hear, you know, some some stories about, you know, you know, you know, either, you know, in a, you know, in a, in a bar or, or just, you know, just shooting the breeze in the back with these guys, you know, what were they really like? Like, you know, you know, or what did you learn from? At a convention. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, what, yeah, what did you learn, you know, from these guys? What did you learn or what's the best piece of advice that, you know, you know, Austin Idol or Billy Graham or Barry Windham gave you, you know, in your career or, you know, what were they like to work with, you know, because I'm sure this, you know, in this business, there's guys, this even in my business, there's people that I would that I love working with. And there's people that I really could care less if I worked with again, and I'm sure that that kind of transcends into the wrestling business. You don't want to work with everybody, and again, not everybody's a good fit to work with each other. They just their their styles, their personalities, or whatever it is, they just don't mesh real well. Um, but I would love to be able to to kind of pick his brain and and kind of get a little insight onto, you know, what he's seen and what he's done with, you know, with these guys that, you know, that, that we all talk about. And, you know, we're, we're our idols kind of growing up. You know, I, I have a few. I'm Austin Idol was one. Barry Windham was one. Um, Magnum TA is one. You know, Magnum TA was the, was the reason I got into really watching, you know, Mid-South wrestling and, and um, Mid-Atlantic Championship wrestling, and you know, I, I vivid, you know, I remember vividly the, the day that you know I found out he was in that car accident, and it, you know, it ended his career. And I, you know, I was, 
I was devastated. I, you know, I remember him going down 3-0 to Nikita Koloff. I'm like, oh, this is it. You know, he's taking the United States title back to Russia. There's no way, you know, he's going to be able to you know, I mean, he eventually didn't win, but, you know, he came back and tied it up and made it, you know, just a, a, a great story, a great seven-match, you know, angle, if you will. And, you know, and then, you know, the unfortunate you know, car accident. And, I mean, again, you know, I, I, I talked about it a little bit last week. You know, what if Magnum doesn't get in a car accident? You know, where are we in 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 the wrestling landscape? Because he was being compared as the next Hulk Hogan. You know, that's that's how hot he was in '86, '87. You know, 80, even in you know as early as '85. You know, he was red hot at the time. He you know he was probably the biggest draw that that you know Jim Crockett Promotions had. You know, aside from Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair. You know, he's right up there with. You know, people are coming to see, you know, down at the Norfolk Scope and the Baltimore Arena and the Civic Center in Philly. They were coming because Magnum CA was on the card, and, you know, he was going to be there. And, you know, he was able to put, you know, people in the stands, and we, we came to watch him. And, you know, it, it's unfortunate that his career was cut so short so early. But, you know, again, you know, it, you know wrestling is, you know, you know, a, a good, you know, uh, probably the ultimate, yeah. you know, what if when it comes to yeah, the stories no. or. Mm-hmm. No, uh, what's up? I'm from, I'm from, I'm from the Mid-Atlantic area, so I've, 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 I got to meet him briefly. We're talking about his family. Um, and then, um, yeah, he, he is one of those what ifs. Like, uh, I think, uh, uh, Kerry Von Erich and Brian Pillman fit that role too, since they're uh, both in, in vehicle accidents as well with the uh, uh, Magnum, and you know, kind of limited what they could do with their leg injuries. Pillman and right, and Kerry yeah, and, and with the arm. Yeah, you know, I, and from from what I understand, from at least Magnum's accident was it was at least two to two and a half hours after the accident before he was even found. Like, he was on, like, on that room, and he was only a couple of miles from his house. It literally happened around the corner. Um, but the fact that he that he was, you know, I guess trapped for so long, you know, that his, his injury just kept getting worse and worse. And I'm not saying if they would have put him out right away, it would have been different. But, you know, it sure didn't help that he was, you know, stuck for, you know, for two hours inside a car that, that – Honestly, he probably shouldn't have survived because of how the accident was and where the impact was, you know. I, and again, you know, Kerry with his motorcycle accident, you know, you know, you know, what if he doesn't hurt his leg and, you know, and again, we, you know, we have the whole Von Erich curse that they talk about. You know, what if none of that happens? You know, do the Von Erichs become even a bigger draw outside of Texas than than what they were? And, and listen, I know Kerry had some success outside of Texas, but, you know, what about David, you know, and, you know, the whole thing with him passing away over in Japan, you know, what if that never happens, and, you know, I mean, again, we could go on and on, and, you know, how many titles would David or Kerry have with, you know, trading it back and forth with, at that time, Ric Flair, you know, going back and forth, you know, a couple of times, Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's just so many I, you know, I, I have so many fond memories of watching wrestling as a kid, and I remember, you know, it it it, it literally broke my heart because I I was one of those kids that 
I, I believe that up until I was, you know, 14 or 15, when it, when it started to come out that, you know, that it's, it's, you know, it's scripted and, and, and I'm not taking away from anybody's ability because you still have to be an athlete to do what they do day in and day out. And you still have to train and, you know, it, the simple thing, you know, tucking your chin before you, you know, you take a bump on your back is, is crucial in, the, in you surviving and not getting hurt, you know, in the ring. And I get accidents happen and, and people get hurt, but, you know, I, I was like, wow, you just, what do you mean they know who's going to win before they they even go out? I was I was devastated because I, I mean a lot of my friends were like, oh man, it's fake, it's fake, and it it's not fake. The, the word fake is 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 overused because it's right. it's as real right. as it gets. And, it, and it's somebody said that today it's, to me. It's fake. I said I said listen, okay, we're entertainers. We do get hurt in the ring, okay. You want to call that fake too? If we get hurt in the ring, I don't think so. Right. Well, it's it, it, it's no different than, you know, I I was I I love the movie Top Gun, well probably one of my all time favorites, but I don't believe that that Tom Cruise is, is a fighter pilot, but I believe in the movie that he's a fighter pilot, because he's playing right. a fighter pilot, and it, right. you know, and and these guys go out and, and do what they do every day at a very high level, you know, and you know they they put on a performance. You can call it you can call it fake if you want, but I've I've seen these guys get hurt. Listen, I'm I'm sure Finn Balor getting stitched up, getting stitched up and taking what fifteen stitches to the head. I'm sure that wasn't fake. They weren't fake stitches they were putting in his head. <laughs> that was a very real injury that you know could could have ended his career at a very young age. You know, so yeah, this they 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 they, they do. It's an art form. It's it's gymnastics. It's athletics. It's, it's, you know, there's a... I know what you're talking about, okay? Because I've seen it happen, okay? A fake move, all of a sudden he got injured, okay? That was, um, that was with a Viking partner. I've seen it right here in Norville in a steel cage. He got on top of the cage and he fell right down and and broke his leg. Yeah. Yeah, well, look what happened. Look, Look what happened to Sid Vicious jumping off the top rope when his leg snapped. Right. And look at, it, it happens. The main person, the main person you gotta look at, okay, is Owen Hart when he came down as a blue blazer and he hit that turnbuckle real hard. Yeah. You call that fake too? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No. Yeah. And, and it's yeah. It's, and, and listen, I I I enjoy it for the entertainment that it is. You know, I love the sport because right. I still consider it a sport because these guys are athletes. They have to work at it. They, you know, to 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 keep their their body in the condition that they need. They still got to exercise. They still got to diet. They still have to work out. They still have to train. They have to, you know, listen. Right. We're, we're not making fun of baseball players because they practice every day. Wrestling's right. the same way. These guys are practicing uh-huh. every single day. Them? You know what I call them? I call them stunt people because they know what they're yeah. doing. Well, yeah, they're 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 actors. They're stuntmen. They're at point at, at times gymnasts, you know. They're they're all of that, you know, all kind of yeah. kind of wrapped up in the one, you know. Mm-hmm. I, but you know, I, I love the sport, you know. I I and and we're kind of nearing the end of our time, but I I love I love doing this with, with you guys on on Tuesday nights and Thursday nights. You know, it's I'm having a great time doing it. Um, 
you know, and, you know, um, waiting kind of with, with bated breath, you know, for Stro to come back and, and kind of take this over and, you know, do what he does best. And, you know, Stro, if you're listening, yeah. man, we're praying for you. You know, we, we hope for we're a speedy recovery. And, for you to come back. Everybody yeah, every, yeah, every day till you come back, brother. You know, we're, we're here for you. You know, if you need any, if you need anything, man, you know, you have my number, man. Reach out to me. You know, I'll do what I can to help you. Um, but does anybody have anything, any plugs or anything they want to say before we kind of, kind of wrap this thing up for tonight? I do thank everybody for hanging in there and, and participating. Uh, I think I it's been one, a great show. I got one big one. I got one big Go one. Okay. I just want to say, next Tuesday night, 9 o'clock, right here on the VOC Nation, in the room with Brady Hicks. Listen live. Yes, please. Yes, Brady will be back more full-time. You know, he's been out for a couple of weeks. He's had just had a crazy stretch there between work and everything he's got going on. Um, again, I you know, I, I did my best to try to fill in for him, but, you know, I, I, I kind of like it when, when Brady's kind of running things. <laughs> and, and doing what he does. And I know he loves doing it. Um, I know he loves talking to everybody. Um, he has a great time doing it, um, as do I. And, and I hope that we can continue to to put this, you know, these podcasts out and, you know, and, and get more people involved. And, I, I mean, I love talking wrestling. I, you know, I'll, I'll talk wrestling with anybody almost at any time. And, you know, we'll, um, you know, we'll continue to do what we do. Um, we have some new sponsors coming up, so we'll might be making some some improvements to the shows, um, and and doing some things that you know down the road in the future. Um, so it's a, you know it's an exciting time to to kind of be you know part of this team and, and part of this family that you know does this each and every week. I love doing it, and you know I, you know I have a great time. At it. Steve, you got anything before we wrap it up, buddy? Hey, there's one more. There's, there's one more thing. The What's ECWA and uh, I think uh, Freehold this weekend. Yeah, Morganville, yes. yes. ECWA, yes. I don't have the thing in front of me. I'm, I was a little unprepared for that, but yes, it, the ECWA um, out in Morganville at the dugout um, on Genesee Avenue. Um, it's a great card, great organization. Uh, I saw a Super 8 tournament, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago. It was fantastic. Um, and I would encourage you, if you're if you're in that area, to kind of buy a ticket and take it in and um, see, you know, the future stars that, that you'll see in, in WWE or A&E one day, you know, yeah. you get to see them, yeah. you know, before before they make it to the big time, if you will. Um, yep. And they're just a great group of guys I, to be I around. You know, I, I met a lot of them. You know, I, I did, you know, I enjoyed my time being there. Um, but, Steve, anything before we wrap it up? Yeah, uh, you can find me at uh, Star Steven on social media. Um, I had a chance, uh, again, to train with one of the Billy Robinson students from uh, Scientific Wrestling, uh, scientificwrestling.com. Um, I thought it was pretty cool that Billy Graham actually held a, a Japanese title that Billy Graham held, too, uh, either during the Robinson or after Robinson's uh, reign. So that's just another piece of lore that I, I thought was cool. That uh, Graham had worked Japan, same territory that Billy Robinson was champion in. So, um, really glad we could have a retro show on, on this network and uh, 
definitely uh, agree. I'm waiting for Stroh to recover and return. And uh, thanks for having me on. Um, it's, it's my pleasure, man. I enjoy doing this. And again, prayers out to you know the, the maestro and you know to the Billy Graham family, to his wife and his kids. And you know we we do thank him for you know for all the memories and the you know the great years that he's given to this sport. But guys, we'll do this again next week. Same day, same same time, nine o'clock. WCW Retro on Thursday nights. It's been great, guys. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate yep. it. Hey, anytime. You got me next week too. Why not? You know, if if the show's not back. I got you, brother. Thank you so much. Anytime, brother. All right. Good night, guys. Good night. Good night. Hey, this is the Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are. And we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, pregnant. I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Yo, this is Jerry Stein of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts, and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts will include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Frisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Sting, Nick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Phil After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, Tony here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect well, is? Well, I'll tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found a true world champion. I finally found... What's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think uh, 
Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. Here's Phil After, and once again, we're speaking here with Bruno Sammartino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiant? Well, actually, it, it was uh, uh, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Did you have anything to do? Well, yes, but the whole thing is this, if you're rules, as I always understood and wanted to, the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation.